It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book Close Encounters of the Worst Kind and the captivating memoir Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. And before we get started, um, I wanted to let you all know that I now have a mobile app. So if you go to the App Store and look for Narcissistic Abuse Awareness, my app is going to come up, and everything that I do is there. There's a quiz that you can take, and it will access all my YouTube videos, all my podcasts, and um, all the articles that I write, every single thing I do. You can also access um, how to contact me for coaching. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, do me a favor and check it out, and if you like it, leave me a, re- a review. Self-doubt doesn't have to stop you from your calling. In her book, Healing the Healer Within, today's special guest, Dr. Sherry McDonald, has created the You Do You for Healers in the Making. Dr. Sherry's innovative approach demonstrates how to become the healer that you were called to be without feeling like a fraud. Many professionals in the industry can be caught by imposter syndrome, which can greatly impact their ability to serve their clients. Today's special guest, Dr. Sherry McDonald, is a 35-year veteran that runs one of the hottest psychotherapy practices in the country. In her book, Healing the Healer Within, Dr. Sherry addresses proven techniques to break through your doubts and be the confident healer you know you are. If you are ready and serious about helping others, this is the book for you. She will help you discover the clarity and assurance you need to stop wishing and burst into your life's work. Dr. Sherry is the founder of the Break Free Movement, and she believes that we are bombarded with hate and negativity every day, and this is contrary to our human nature. It impacts our ability to trust and become personally vulnerable. This can lead to a cycle of loneliness and isolation, which can be difficult to break. She is the founder of A Place to Turn, Inc., and creator of To Love and Beyond. She helps couples unbury their marriages from the avalanche of PTSD for over 30 years by guiding clients to resurrecting themselves first and then bringing their companion up with them. Dr. Sherry is dedicated to helping individuals break free of their trauma and rise up to be their best self. She has been featured on NBC, Good Morning La La Land, Fox, The Today Show, KUSI San Diego, Shape Magazine, MSN, and numerous others. Her articles have been viewed by over 10 million readers.
readers. And we're so fortunate to have her with us today. So let me introduce you, and we'll get started. Good morning, Dr. Sherry. Good morning. Good morning. I'm excited to be here. Am I saying your name correctly? Sherry, yes. Dr. Sherry, yes. Okay, perfect. All right. Um, so tell us, um, the, the, your new book, Healing the Healer Within, I know it's not quite out yet, but tell us what the premise of the book is. What is this about? The premise of the book is, the reality is, I believe that we, that, um, we all have um, this inner healer within ourselves that, um, that is for our own guidance to help us um, recognize when we're on tilt and really recognize where we need to move forward and overcome the obstacles that we have. However, in our world today, we're really not taught that there's this inner healer and where we really are our own best teachers. But the truth is, I think we are. And, um, and I think it's great that we have um, the guidance from the outside in. I wouldn't do my profession. You wouldn't have your profession um, if um, that wasn't a truth as well. Um, however, um, a lot of times when we are put in that position, not only be our own inner healer, but to help to serve others, there, um, we, um, we are faced every day with new challenges on how to help ourselves and then help others help themselves heal from the inside out. And as those obstacles, as those happened, we experience obstacles. And the obstacles are some of the conditioning that we experience through our growing years. Sometimes, sometimes we bring into this world with our personalities, maybe even the DNA from before that, that um, trip us up. Um, and they can be, they can come in forms of self-doubt, second guessing, um, those negative cognitions of I'm not good enough, especially when we, when um, maybe we are going through our own personal hard time because that is life. Life is about oppositional things. I think you know we're we're always it's always a challenge. This earth will never be perfect, and we ne- and we aren't. There's no such thing as a smooth road. And so if we really want to grow, the new obstacles are going to come our way to help us grow in ways that we maybe not we cannot see yet. And at times when we get thrown sideways too much or it feels too much, then all those, we go to the lowest denominator of functioning, and those usually are, are coping skills from very young, and um, usually are, and the lowest denominator where we just grab what is familiar, and unfortunately, sometimes that is the lowest, it, the negative cognition of, I can't do this, I'm a fake, well, who, who do I think I am? And, and so, so this book is about how to regroup from that and, and lean into it and recognize is life not you aren't a great healer? Yeah, I, think, I think this is so important because so many people that are hurting, especially from their past or their childhood, become healers, whether it be um, psychological or um, energetic or physical. And they are basically working out of, from their pain basically, from their pain. They want to help other people. Um, And I think this is really important because people need to understand that to be the best healer that you can, you need to be whole and you need to be healed. You need to heal, you know, your your past and all the things that are hanging you up. And um, especially for energetic healers because they're putting their hands or their energy directly onto people and Correct. If they have um, issues from their past that they have not resolved, 
that energy is going into their, the people that they're working with, right? Correct. Exactly. And, and so um, it, it's, it's, it's vital. And that brings up the other aspect of this is um, since, since I've been doing this for over 35 years, you know, I've had um, people um, challenge me all the time and, and bless their hearts, they should. And so, so the, the challenge is if you're doing this, if you're, if you're a therapist, what's wrong with you? Because people only become healers or therapists if they're if they're screwed up, you know. And so, and and that's a false so that's a false obviously a falsehood. That's not true. I do believe, you know, um, that um, the more challenging life is, you maybe you're maybe you're an older soul. Maybe you know you you have this wisdom that that you need to um, really dig in deep deep and find and discover within you. And um, and we do learn if we work through our obstacles. Um, yes, if we don't work through our obstacles, then we have no right to heal because then we're, we're just impacting and projecting that negative energy forward and that fractured heart and that unfinished business. And so, so someone that's why they need a challenge and ask about it. As healers, if we recognize and not be afraid to do our own healing and recognize we need to do that and, and make sure our energy is good, there's no holes in our aura, there's, you know, that, that we have um, these positive cognitions that are ingrained in, our, in the cells of our body, then, then we can do wonders. Not only for ourselves, of course, but also that's where the healing happens for others. And I think most healers are doing their work, but some right. get sideways and get sidetracked. Right, right. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I started doing this work later in life, um, and I think it's because I really could not have done it prior to that. Because I would not have been prepared, I would have absorbed issues. I couldn't have been effective. Um, but now that I'm worked through everything that I needed to work through, I can be very um, impactful. You talk about conquering the imposter syndrome and believing in yourself. So, And you touched on that. So what is the imposter syndrome? Basically, the, post- the imposter syndrome is um, that, that you wake up one morning and you, and you just like, what am I doing? How can I I can't be a healer. Usually something, an obstacle happens in your own life or an event happens that triggers that insecurity that you learned from a very young age that caused you to have um, feelings of not being um, visible or not being, like I said, good enough or not being beautiful. I mean, it could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be mental, you know, social, and, they, and, and it gets triggered and you feel that, just like you said, you, you feel that in all those insecurities start storing up and um, sometimes it happens when a, a new person comes, you know, to ask to be healed, and you don't know it. You it triggers all your own issues. We have the transference, counter-transference issue, and sometimes it's it's a, it feels like so big that you don't know if you have the capacity to do it, and they're convinced that you're the one that to be, uh, to help them along the way. All that that all that doubting is imposter syndrome. You look at me and think I'm just faking this, and um, and so be able to work through that and see the wisdom and that thread in the tapestry that says where you're at is good enough and you're not faking it and you just need to be, be lean into it in your authentic self and you will show up in the way they need you to show up as long as you're coming from that authentic place. You know, the times that this has happened to me are the times when a client has challenged me or challenged my knowledge or challenged exactly. my advice, um, you know, and um, I had one in particular who just turned on me after a couple sessions. 
Um, and so, and then I, I remember getting off of the, you know, um, the meeting and saying to my husband, I don't know why I'm doing this. I really don't know what I'm doing. You know, and um, the more I thought about it, the more I realized, and I looked into her particular issue and realized that this is pretty typical, um, considering her, you know, the pain she was trying to overcome. But it did throw me off. So, um, and I know it's happened to me before. So, um, I get it. I, I think we all go through that. We all go through, we doubt that what we're doing is right. the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, and I think sometimes those kind of uh, pe- um, people come into our lives and we're, and um, to just reflect back some unfinished business, um, they're reaching out and they want help, but they're not quite ready. And so they project by rejecting the, the process in the moment and um, because um, they're just not ready to do the work, which is okay, but, but they don't know how to take that responsibility and that accountability. And that is what leads them to being fractured in the first place because the first step of healing is self-accountability. I think it's, you know, when we come into this earth, that we accept life by taking our first breath. That's all a choice. That we make, and so 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 I um that's that's my symbolic analogy of it. But but I I think that that we own that accountability. But sometimes we we like the idea, but we haven't fully absorbed that accountability, and then we reject what's in front of us. And so so but as a healer, we need to understand some of these dynamics. Otherwise, we will do just that. We'll get up, we'll leave the meeting, and think, oh my gosh, I can't do this. It must be me. And um and part of the maturation of 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 a, a, a healer is to have those boundaries and recognize what's me and what's not me and recognize if we may make a misstep too a misstep is part of growth it doesn't mean we're not good enough it doesn't mean we aren't we can't be a healer it means we made a misstep and we, and we need to learn from that process and so having that ego strength to be able to say i need to learn this so i can not do this again that's mm-hmm. that's part of that is a healer's journey but a lot of people they won't see that they'll think that they, they, they quit because i must i you know i can't i don't know it and and we know too many people quit too early in life on a lot of areas <laughs> and shortchange themselves. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, we were building trust, and then the last session she just said that um, I don't trust anybody. And I was going to say, well, do you trust me? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say That's that. Um, yeah, but great. Yeah. But then she began um, tearing apart what I was doing. And so, yeah, you know, and I did, but, but I did research her particular, particular issue, and I learned about it. So should this happen again, I will understand where that person is coming from. But she had been to many therapists before me. Yeah, she had exactly. been one after the other and said nobody could help her. Well, you know, I guess that's why. Right. I guess that's why. Right. Exactly, and that 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 misnomer, and healers do this too, as well as those who seek to be healed, is is they give more power to the outside in, what what's being said to them versus the inside out. They have not learned to tap into their inner healer, and that is you know um, one of the concepts in my book is that you can get back in touch with that intuitive BFF. You know, we all have that intuitive BFF, and so many of us shortchange our intuitive abilities, our discernment, and um, and um, because the world keeps reconditioning us to lean, depend on the outside in. 
if we just leave it up, you turn on, don't matter, no matter what media channel you turn on, TV, whatever, and this is where I feel like the negativity bombards us. It's not so much that the world is always so dark. It's this concept of you get smarter and you make it in this world if you lean on the outside in versus the inside out. And, and then you forget to get to know yourself. You forget to celebrate who you are. You forget to be your own BFF and really know that your, your particular whatever, either secrecies, talents, wisdom, is a miracle, and you need to share it. <laughs> I love that. That's really great. I, that, that, you said that so well. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, part of what I deal with with um, those who have suffered the trauma of narcissistic abuse is that they've been conditioned to um, to validate from external sources, right. but not internal sources. And right. that's part of the pain. I mean, that's a large part of the pain, is when you're walking through this world waiting for people to tell you who you are instead of exactly. being able to tell yourself. And then you live a life of a roller coaster because not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to tell you what they think, good or bad. And, um, you know, you're sitting there waiting. It's it's a very insecure feeling. Yeah. Um, it, it, to me, that is hell, you know, because you're not, you, you know, a lot of people describe it to me as, you know, being invisible in plain sight, you know, there, there, you become a non-self. When you live with a narcissist, you know, um, there is, there's no room, in, there's no, no room, there's no place in the room except for that narcissist. There's no room for you. You are a non-person. It is the ultimate slavery, uh, you know, in life to be attached to a narcissist. And so, um, so um, not only do you learn to feed on, you grasp on the outside because you're trying to get a breath. That, you know, I talked about, that, you know, you choose the first breath of life, a narcissist will suck that breath out of you and you become pretty much, you do, completely invisible in plain sight. And, and the so longer there you're no there, right, the yes. longer you're there, the more invisible you become. And then, you know, and I applaud people who who get out of um, relationships or rise above their childhood abuse or whatever because it's not an easy thing to do when you're coming from a place of being so broken. So, um, but, you know, the human spirit is very strong. <clears throat> right. And some somewhere inside of us, we can muscle up that, you know, that spark that says, I don't care what I have to do. I can't live like this. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I'm looking at this. Oh. Start doing the work you are called to right now. Um, are people, are healers afraid to get started? I mean, can this sort of paralyze them from wanting to do the work if they don't believe in themselves? I see this a lot. You know, I, um, I, in my, in my role, what prompted me to read, write this book is because um, through, um, I've been starting to, healers been attracted, I've been starting to attract healers unknowingly. And, um, and there, I think there, there we have so many healers walking on this earth that just don't show up because they don't, they don't have the confidence. They said that they, they live in a, like their, their little system, their little community they live in, little, it could be their community they live in, can't see that, don't honor them that way. And they don't, they, they have not done the inside out work. So they still are trying to 
it's like chasing your tail, waiting for them to become visible from the outside in, and um, and they have all this wisdom. And, um, and it's tormenting them now because they're not they're not paying attention to it. They're not listening to the whisperings from within. They're not listening to what they know. Um, they're not living what they know. And so so um, I think they come they come in in the guise of I have I have lots of anxiety. I have some depression. You know I have no purpose in life. Those are the guys. But really this you know as we could begin talking this well of wisdom and knowledge and warm warm energy healing that comes out of them that they that that has not been acknowledged and so and they think it's just silly inside them they don't understand that that and once it's acknowledged they just burst and um and then they can do the work to start discovering who they are and and then then that's when they they can distinguish oh this is unresolved grief i my 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 belief is that the number one mental illness in society is unresolved grief. It creates all the other mental illnesses. You know, we just don't really, we're not taught in our community to resolve the grief and we get buried alive by it. And um, some griefs are hard to resolve in this lifetime too. And that's, we have to give that credit. Um, unfortunately, some people go through some really horrendous stuff and you just can't, you just can't overcome it. But, but, um, but, but if you recognize that that's what that is versus who you are, um, then you can show up and it becomes a tool. Like you said in the beginning, it becomes a tool in, um, of, of, um, in helping others work through their um, walk. So, so, um, so I, did I answer your question? I go off on a tangent. I think I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, you did. Okay. And okay. many, many healers have empathic sensitivity, which causes, a, that's a whole other layer of, um, of, over something they have to overcome because they're absorbing, always absorbing. They have to understand where they let off and others begin and and work through that. Do you have you come uh, across that too? Yes, most definitely. And um, and this is another reason healers will not will hide and not and not heal, not become healers because they don't have they don't discern their own empathic energies and therefore they um, will step out and they'll get physically ill. They'll have a they'll, they'll they'll have a chronic pain in their shoulder. They'll um, they'll feel very drained and de- and depressed. And it's not their depression. It's not their pain in their the pain in the shoulder is not their pain. It's not that you know. And so that but they haven't learned how to set those boundaries, those energy boundaries, the, that self awareness. That's where you know again, if you keep sucking in from the outside in without any awareness of of who you are from the inside out, including your empathic nature, um, you you can become you can become severely ill. And as well as close down. So it's real. It's a real. Th- I believe it's a real. I've seen it. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It is real. It's real. So we're talking about healers. So how would you define a healer? You know, because when somebody first said that to me, you know, you're a healer. I thought, well, to me, I thought a healer is somebody that, you know, a doctor or somebody that you know puts their energy reiki or. Um, energy workers or whatever. And so how would you define a healer? Um, for me, I think that if we all show up to our highest and best self, which I call the ideal self, um, we're, um, we're all healers. And I think it's, it's, um, it's, I think, like I said, we all have this, I call it this, this inner healer within. And I can vision, it's like this inner healer is a little, a little me sitting behind my heart, you know, just, just bathing in an unquenchable fountain of love and joy and um and has all the wisdom that i need in life and my wisdom is not meant just for me in fact it 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 rusts it dies on the vine if i don't share it and um so i think that um a a friend 
I think a mother, I think a sister, a daughter, a next door neighbor. You know, if you have an enemy, you catch their life in a positive way. Um, you're you're a healer. So 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 I think that we're, we're all capable of being healers if we understand and desire to show up as a healer. We all have different gifts, and some are very very you know blessed with a lot of intelligence and the mindset to go through medical school and be a doctor, and some have that mindset too, but have it that they're more like you said empathic, and they just send someone and they can pick up on someone's even thoughts and say, okay, this is where you need to go, you know, or I see that you have a, a spot in your lung. You need to go to the doctor and get that checked or, you know, um, you know, have a shingle, you know, it says I'm a therapist, you know, let's talk about this and process this on the cognitive level. You know, there's, 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 so I think we, we all are um, healers. Mm-hmm. That answer, did that answer your question? And that's good because then this book really applies to everyone. So um, for those yeah. who are listening, if you don't think you're a healer, think again. Look within. Exactly. <laughs> there are aspects. So you work with um, couples and trauma and PTSD. What um, sparked you to write this book? Um, this this book came out of um, really it's been a journey for me. You know, my um, um, my. Uh, first book was really sparked off the whisperings from within is I really became aware of my own empathic abilities and, and how I um, um, show up and how I do my work. And, and, and really that came through, it was outside and people would reflect back to me what I was, um, how I was working. I would, I would say, I tend to have this um, clear cognizance ability. I just know things and I don't think beyond me. And so, um, so my work is very intuitive and, and it was intuitive before I understand, understood that I was intuitive, if that makes sense. And so my mm-hmm. clients fortunately taught me how intuitive I was and I had to go search and I had to do my own work. And I, um, and I um, recognized that I had my own unresolved trauma and that was my, you know, I have a younger sister who's five months younger, um, younger than me, and she was born, like a long story short, my brother and I came home for the German measles at preschool. My mother was pregnant with my sister. My sister got the German measles, measles while, she, while she was still in the womb. She was born, you know, three and a half pounds with, with purple dots all over her, and she ended up with cerebral palsy. And so, so oh, th- there was this unresolved guilt, even at five years old, that I, that I knew I brought that home to her. And um, and um, even though I was a victim, you know, I didn't. I no one ever blamed me. I have really great parents in that respect. And so, um, but I, my little head um, took that on. And so then I attended a a a, um, um, a training because I'm, I'm I you know my my PhD is in hypnotherapy actually. And I did I did um, um, they did a, a group hypnosis. And for whatever reason, it was just just to introduce us to the concept. But I went right to I was sitting. Um, on these two stools in space with my sister. And we're both wearing these white gowns and we're, we're having this argument, really. And she's sharing how uh, I was arguing with her that uh, since I'm the oldest sister, I need to come to earth with cerebral palsy. And, um, and oh. she was, and I was, I was pretty anxious, worked up, and she's very calm and very wise and, and very sweet and smiling and simply said, this is my gift. You'll have your own. And, and, and that's when I, I, it released the guilt for me, but also... Um, it, it, held, it gave me such accountability that I never owned my, my gifts. I, I didn't, and, and how um, she's always considered, I've always considered it the hub, the love of our home. She taught us how to love. And so I understand her gift, you know, and I saw, I've always known her gift. And she's always had more of a peaceful life despite all the physical challenges. Um, she's had such a peace, she has a center of peace about her. And I realized I never had that. I've always had this angst, you know, trying to, 
compensate for this irrational guilt. And so, so, so then, then it's evolved into understanding trauma and the developmental trauma that they had even science that not a lot about in recent years. They've done a lot of work on unresolved trauma and, and the developmental trauma and how it impacts the brain. And that was my, you know, healing your trauma, heal, you know, heal your trauma, heal your marriage, but it's really heal your marriage to any relationship you have, even with whether it's people or money or career, you know, or the past, we have to really, really heal those connections and see how they, they interact. That irrational guilt with my marriage and it was impacting me immensely. And so, so, um, so untethering from that was really important. And then, and so I could really show up as a healer and then having healers come to me and say, you've got to, you know, we've got to do our own work. So that's kind of the transition of my evolution. Oh, that's really cool. Um, I started a page on Facebook called Empath Society, and it has gotten so many people um, that come on it. Because what I found is uh, I wrote an article years and years ago about what is an empath and are you one. And thousands of people were writing to me and saying, you just described me. But what I find is people that have this sensitivity feel as if they're odd and they're disconnected from the world. And I started this page because I wanted people to understand you are not odd. There are many of us out there that are experiencing these feelings and this sensitivity. Um, And so I use a lot of humor on that page um, and also a lot of support. But we're not, you know, years before the Internet and before podcasts and things like that, we didn't really connect to other people like that. Now I find more people are empathic than not. So, um, but... Back to your sister, it's amazing how a simple comment can transform your life and, and set you free. That's amazing what she said to you. Right, right. It was such a gift. And, um, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And, and what many of us forget is that we each have our own path that we come here for. We each have our own challenges, our own hurdles, and we look at other people and think they're better or worse or whatever. They're just going through their path in life. And, um, you know, even with children, like like some people, when their children get older, they feel like they, they're still responsible for all the hurts and the mistakes and everything that their children make. And I believe that, you know, even our children – they have their paths to walk. They have their lessons to learn, the challenges that they have to go through. And just like we did, we came up through all these things, through learning and um, growing. And so we have to understand, we have to release other people and let them just have their life the way it is because this is how they're supposed to live it. I agree. I agree. You know, I think that, you know, there, there's these, I call them sacred contracts. You know, we can't judge what a sacred contract another person made to come into, into this earth mm-hmm. and, um, and to, to project our, you know, interpretation or our agenda onto another person really is, um, it's, it's incredulous. We should not be doing that. You know, it's, it's to step back and be curious and see what that person has to offer us in learning less, in our own children. I think our, I have four children. I think they've been my best teachers in life and um and they're all their own individual and um and but the 
just, just, I'm just amazed at, at the, the choices they make, the, the path they go, the, the intelligence they have, the hearts they have. And so we can choose to, what, what lens we want to look through. And, and as, you know, I, I think as healers, when we really are in our healing mode, you know, we look for the clear lens and let, and let them show us who they are mm-hmm. and what they're about. Great advice. Great advice. Um, tell us some, a little bit about um, a place to turn, and um, you know what your. I know you founded this um, a place to turn, and what is that, and um, how do you help people there? So basically, um, a, a place to turn is where I started into um, um, my career as a as a psychotherapist, and um, so it is a private practice for um, therapy, and um, and through that process. I, uh, I um, through my trainings, I recognized as a therapist, I went through school, got the traditional um, education, and, um, and I realized how much I didn't know. And, and then um, with my, some of this empathic um, experiences, I, I remember I had one um, gentleman come in, and he, referred, he was referred by the medical community to me because he'd got all the medical treatment, and he, reco- he, was, he had recovered from um, lymph um from, from a heart, you know, some of his, lost some of his lungs, and he was, but he's fully cancer-free, but he was not healing. In a sense that he was 60 years old, and he shuffled like a 99.9-year-old, and he had no energy, and he still had some pain. But the doctor said, there's no reason for it. It's all psychosomatic. And as we visited, I recognized that um, what came to my mind was he doesn't need talk therapy. He doesn't need the cognitive stuff. He needs hypnotherapy, and I didn't, he needs hypnosis, and I didn't even know what hypnosis was. And um, I knew what stage hypnosis was. I, entered, I had no idea what hypnotherapy was. And so, so um, I recognized I couldn't, I, I couldn't help him with giving him the service he need, needed. And as a healer, that was first heartbreaking for me. And then two, but I didn't need to waste the time and get, get him the right services he needed. And um, so I was able to follow that. But, but then that threw me into the world of understanding that because I felt like there was a message to me too that I need to understand what hypnotherapy was and I needed to be trained. So I went further into that, and that's where I eventually got my PhD. And, um, and out of that, it evolved. Um, first, it was to love and beyond, where I could really um, help people reach in that tutive area and use those other modalities of, I realized they are the healers themselves. They heal themselves. I don't heal them. It's, a, it's from healing within. And I just need to make them aware that they have that inner healer. And, and the work is how to help them tap into that inner healer. So that's where place turning involved is helping people tap into their own inner healer. And um, so when they come in, they do the work. I don't do the work for them. They do the work. And then out of that, um, I've started, I, I um, live in Southern California and last, in, you know, 2018 and 2019, maybe 2017, um, we had, you know, first hit, the Las Vegas um, tragedy happened and a lot of Californians were at that mass shooting. And, um, and um, so for some reason, my office was flooded with them. And so I re- um, we started seeing that the big world out there is not so it's being pre- it's, the world is fractured. And then, um, and then I'm, we had the mass fires, we had the Thomas fires of the Wolsey fire, 83% of the mountains in the landscape was um, burned around us. And people were losing their homes. And, and, and it's pretty, it was pretty um, earth shaking around um, um, here. And so a lot of people came from that trauma. And then we had the the borderline mass um, bar shooting that, you know, all those college students were um, um, shot and killed and they were at five minutes from my office. So, so this, this theme started happening and I realized, you know, they can, I could come one at a time, but we're not getting healed as a community. 
um, and when, and then globally, if if one person at a time comes in and they and and they go back out and they and they will come back into my office because they go back to the fractured world and they find another fracture. Unfortunately, some of those people who are at the Las Vegas shooting were also at the at the borderline shooting, you know, and some were oh in the fire, and so they had you know trauma on top of trauma. So. So break the break free movement is about getting out, get beyond the four walls of the therapy room and getting out in the community. And and and, rec- and when they tap into their own healer and they recognize, oh, I'm, I heal from the inside out and I'm a healer, and take that perspective outside of the community and then um, and then tap into those who've already recognized I came from a tragedy. This is how I became a healer, and they can be modeled for other people. That's my goal is that we can that everyone can model for each other, and that's the vision for the break movement. I love that vision, um, and what a challenge that was to you know to have those people with layers of trauma, horrible trauma coming in. Um, that that can be very overwhelming because you want to fix these issues, you, you want to fix these people, you see they're hurting, and you want to fix them, and um, you know, and to recognize at times that you know there's a different way you know when i started doing what i'm doing um i started doing it mainly empathically because i didn't i didn't go to school for what i do um i grew up with a narcissistic mother and yeah but i just sort of trusted that i knew my way and um it worked because you know i've developed you know a wonderful practice and a a large following and and that kind of thing people who trust me um so you do have to trust from within do you think our patients and clients have the same expectations we have for ourselves do you think we're harder on ourselves than our patients and clients um, expect us to be um, I think we're, we're. I think that one. I think we're harder on ourselves than our patients, our clients expect us to be. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think they. They. they um, I think. I don't think they um, would would even conceptualize that we have that we struggle with something like, like imposter syndrome and second guess ourselves and um, and put so much responsibility. Um, I do. Um, I think that is, and I do think that's an obstacle for a healer. You know, I um, am my one of my um, theories is. You know, people will say, you know, I've I've a pretty um, I have a large practice, and people will say, how can you do this all the time and and go from you know a client to a client, for instance, or do this for almost so many years, or deal with such hard things, and 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 it's and it's simply it's you know it's very easy. One, I I I really do believe I do it from the heart. I believe they're sent to me, and um, I love my work and I love people, but also um, what they bring into the room is not my story. I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't hijack it. I don't absorb it. I've been. I think it's a gift I've been given. I, um, but um, a lot of healers will absorb the story, and they'll step into the story, and then they they feel like they want it. They put so much expectation on themselves to fix the story, and sometimes the story is not supposed to be fixed. Like you said, you know, um, sometimes you know this is like you said with our children. They're, they're, this is their course, and um, and 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 this. And so, how dare I assume that I need to send them on a detour at some point? It's just because I want them to medicate them and make them feel better. You know, um, there this we we learn through resistance. This is why the where the oppositional things we learn through the, the the challenges that we have. Some we're creating our own, and you know we can point out the self sabotaging behavior definitely. You know, and um and some of it's chemistry, and some of it's brain stuff, and and unresolved trauma, and we and we can have holes in our brain literally when we when when we have unresolved trauma, and so it can become a you know a bigger thing. Um, and we but we navigate through all that, and it's still their story. It's still their story. 
And so I think we need to really respect people's autonomy and their story and know that we, we can honor and love them through their story and that we believe that they can figure it out. We're there by their side, but we can, but they're, but they're showing us really the way versus, versus the other way around. That's true. I never thought about it like that. So um, healers, I guess, don't actually heal. They guide others towards their own, through their own healing, right? Is that basically um, they? Okay, <laughs> that's the gist of all this, right? Yes. Right. But what a We're great just here like, to guide people. Like Right, and your story is wonderful because you're the, the, the perfect, you know, client and healer because it's, you, went, you, you, you took your own life lessons and your own heart, heartache, I would assume it would be a lot of heartache, and for you, a sense, no self, and you, did, you took responsibility for your life. And, uh, and so, so um, um, can you ever, ever, ever fully be healed from the, from the narcissistic impact? Um, no, but you can no. definitely have such great lessons and great wisdom, and great and great rebound, and rise to a potential that you would never have risen to, to if you didn't have that. Right. And and you're but you took the choice to grab hold of it and 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 step out and do with the work. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know they have that choice. And then if they do have know they have the choice, sometimes they it, they'll tell me that's just too exhausting. I don't want to do that work. You know, and which which is called the conditioning. So I do challenge those those statements, but I get a lot of those statements. A lot of people are, are conditioned to be lazy and to be robots. We're, 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 the outside ink, you know, gives us so much. If we get hungry pain, all we need to do is take a left turn and drive to McDonald's. You know, in the, in the early years, we had to be hungry for like five or six hours because we had to go and, and, and tend the crops or go hunt the, for the food, and then we had to prepare the food. And, so that, but, and that didn't happen until we started feeling the hungry pain. Now we just feed, the hungry pain, we feed it right away. So we're, very, we, we're, being, we're being conditioned to be very lazy creatures and so so people don't really understand sometimes the hard work no one gets through life without working but we think we do we think everything's pretty magical well yes yeah this is a an instant fulfillment society we have a caller i don't know if they're calling in to listen or calling in to ask a question would you like me to take this caller yeah i'd love it okay Good morning. Hi. Are you calling in to ask Dr. Sherry a question? Uh, I'm I'm kind of listening. I didn't know if uh, you give readings or anything like that. Um, no, we're not doing readings. No, we're we're talking oh. about healing the healer within. But um, I can put you back on hold, and you can certainly listen to everything. It's going to get oh. interesting. Okay. Okay. Thank you. There we go. All right. How do you um, you work? So you work with a lot of trauma, a lot of PTSD, a lot of. Do you believe? Do you believe in complex PTSD? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. So the DSM five is just <laughs> just behind uh, the time. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I feel, I feel like they're, they're um, um, like I said, if you take the DSM-5 and you squish it into one, one, you know, diagnosis would be unresolved grief, which is complex trauma. You know, there's a, life is complex. We're complex creatures. There's no such, we, how can we not have a complex tra- um, trauma? You know, right. so, um, yeah, and we just simplify it and we don't look at those, you know, and layer it. Um, we're, we, we're not really going to heal, are we? It's no, not gonna we're not. Thin. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not. Um and so in your in the information that I have for you, um 
it says that you help couples unbury their marriages from the avalanche of PTSD. Explain that to me because um, I wouldn't associate PTSD with a marriage. So how does that, um, how do they relate? So, so um, again, um, you know, we're not an island unto ourselves. When we join with another person, you know, we join with, they join with us, with our, with any unresolved um, issues that we have, and we join with them with any unresolved issues they have. And I have found working with couples over the years that that 90% of the marriage problems that walk my door in my door is not marriage problems. The marriage is not the problem. That the unresolved grief and the unresolved trauma of each party is a problem. And that, that a lot of the conflict is resolving is them fighting through those that, that fog of their own of the lack of their own work and, and and seeing through their seeing now. Sometimes unfortunately they come so late that they have that, that, that fighting through that fog has caused irreparable damage. I recognize that. And they make different choices. I'm not saying that that that, um, that that doesn't happen and that shouldn't happen. You know, you definitely don't stay in an abusive relationship. But 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 um, but a lot of the problems that presented in you know in marriage counseling is is let's decipher what is the marriage and let's decipher what is your unfinished business and what's in his unfinished business and if we both take accountability for our own unresolved trauma and how they play out and we become our own inner healer again our own inner healer and do our own I call you know the seven steps to root rebound and rise. Do our do those steps and walk through those steps in um, in our own maturation. Um, then we can come back and and the marriage can evolve. And then you can make then and at that point, once you've done you've risen and you've and you've done your own work, where you then you can look at the other partner and say, okay, now do we have a marriage? But if you are so broken and you try to repair a marriage and you project that brokenness out to that person, like their one client saying, you can't help me. That's really a marriage. You had this marriage and she. This he or she divorced you because um, because they couldn't get through their fog, and they blamed you. They started attacking you. That's a perfect example. So, um, can you describe the seven steps that you just mentioned? Yeah, the se- the, se- the seven steps um, is um, 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 a root rebound arise. Is first you need to reawaken. And um, and that and that's where I talk about is you know we, it, it's really aligns with the chakras you know and you know so at the the, the root of our spine we, we hold that's where we where um, we enter this life we come from our conditioning from our family system from our community our ethnicity our religion wherever we come from and this is who we we we're, we're told when we're born we're kind of like fed when 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 the outside tells us we're hungry we may cry but. Sometimes our, our, our love, our care characters don't know if we're, we're, we're hungry or if we need to be changed or we're tired. And so we, we kind of spoon-fed because we can't ask and can't take care of ourselves after we take our first breath. But as we evolve, so um, 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 we awaken, we recognize that is them. That is them, and this is me. That is them, and, 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 and this is the conditioning. And so I want to, you know, recognize where I begin and end. So then we evolve into rejuvenating. And the second step is is where we really face the opposition in all things. And um, and um, that that we don't grow without resistance. And this is where we start having dyads, and we start um, learning our learning about who we are through our relationships, whether it's with our parents, whether it's our siblings, whether it's with our neighbor, whether it's with school, you know, whether it's friends, whether it's learning, learning how to um, 
you know, managed money goes on up. And so, so, so we, so, so if we either, either we are in harmony and we grow from this experience or sometimes we get in conflict and we, we, and we even like with a narcissist, we're, our, our identity is raped from us. And so, so understanding where, so where that, that we have to work through that, that, um, um, diet and realize where I begin and end and where they begin and end. And then we, then, then we work in the realization and that is, um, you know, in our solar plexus and that's where our, we, we defined, we discover who am I? I, um, all these others before is my pseudo self. I battled my pseudo self, my false self, my shadow, you know, and, and if I can, if we all have a shadow and we can embrace our shadow. It's not that we don't, we don't want to discount our shadow. Our shadow, like you said, teaches us so many beautiful things and teaches us that we're good enough. We don't need to um, be perfect. And, and we need to learn from these um, mistakes, um, these atrocities or whatever that's come our way. And then, but who can I become? I don't have to be my shadow. I get to realize I am, I'm, I'm ideal. And this is where my true self. And so this is where we first begin to tap into the inner healer and recognize I have an inner healer. I have a lot of wisdom in there. And so, so, so this is where it, it starts triggering, ironically, our fears. The fears and insecurities start to, to, to um, touch us, and that's when we enter um, the, the renewing. We have to decide, am I going to renew or not? And that's where we hit our, hit our heart. Our heart carries two emotions, either fear or love. They, don't, they can't coincide. And so when we fill our heart with love, we have no fear. But when we have an inkling, a speck of fear, it can squelch out that love, usually first the love for ourselves, and we abandon ourselves and go back down to that pseudo self. But as we embrace that, that power of love, realize it's a power. It's not just a feeling. It's a power. It's one of the greatest powers we have to generate our love. We can then evolve into reviving our ideal self and who we are. And that's where we start to speak up and we're in the voice and the throat chakra. And we start to make a choice what we voice, make a choice how we show up. We start becoming visible as the ideal self. And we're not invisible in plain sight anymore. And we start being from that love, we have that courage to show up. It takes a lot of courage sometimes. We've been so broken and so wounded. And, um, and, and then as we hear ourselves talk and we hear the choices we make and we experience the power of the choice and, the, and embraced by that love, we then, then, then we, we, we're restored. And, and that is where the discernment kicks in. And we tap into our intuition and we recognize, I can see, I can see, I can, I, I have discernment. I can see, I, I can see me. I'm not invisible plain sight because I can look in the mirror and now I can see me, not no one else. I see me and I can look in my eyes and I can see through the windows of my soul and I can see the power of the creation, the, the intelligence I am. And as we embrace that intelligence, then then, then we resurrect where, where we, receive we, we receive inspiration. And, um, and that is the crown chakra. We open that up and we can, we can receive beyond ourselves. But we really can't receive, we can't handle beyond ourselves until we show up, until we know who we are. And as, and as we show up who we, we are, then, then we, can, we can rise to our potential and that's, you know, and that's root rebound and rise. And then we're living our potential and now we are really the healer. And then we start the healer's journey. such a great perspective um and i really love how you took the traditional psychotherapy and you merged it with um with this spiritual work and um this energetic work and the chakras and all that i you know because i don't um there's not a lot of doctors that actually do that. They learn what they learn and they practice what they practice. Uh and i know that because so many people come to me after having had 
traditional, traditional. therapy um, that did not help them. So, right. you know, it's you're customizing it to each person. You're teaching that person to be an individual. And I just, I just think this is priceless. Um, do you work remotely? Do you... Um, do you do video conferencing or video um, sessions? Yes, I do. Yes, okay. I do. Are you limited to California? I'm 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 limited to California with regards to the psychotherapy. I'm not limited to California with regards to the coaching. So I do coach okay. and do a lot of coaching. <laughs> yes. Right. That's the advantage of coaching so, is that we don't right. have those limitations, right? Right. 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 So and the books really are. Uh, my work really is more coaching. But um, I came from that psychotherapy background, and you can see how it's evolved. It it has to be a bigger picture, and you're right; it has to be a bigger picture for the person to really do their work. Right, I agree. I agree. Um, So, how do we contact you if um, if we're interested in um, meeting with you? Um, You know, probably there's a couple ways. One is um, you can just go to www.askdrsherry.com. Um, a S K D R R I, and um, and that's email me. Um, that, that's probably the easiest way. You can also um, um, I'm on Facebook. I'm you know, I'm and you can um, get me on there from Break Free with Dr. Sherry, um, and so um, I'm, I'm that, that way as well. And so the email um, was askdrsherry dot com. Ask, yes, yes, yes. Ask, ask, ask at that's, is that just an email address? Just, just, w, 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 yeah, it's that email. Just ask Dr. Yeah, just Okay, okay. So it's okay. So it's a web. Okay, it's a website. Okay. okay. And your book, Healing the Healer Within, um, when is that going to come out? So it was supposed to come out in August, and and um, and because the coronavirus, it, it got postponed until it's coming out um, 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 September eighth. And so so um, if people want to um, um, contact me um, at um, um, as Dr. Sherry and want and want to want it right now because it's it's pre-order, but they want to contact me directly because they listen to your show. I will send them um, a free um, um, pre um, um, advanced copy and um, oh. through the email as well, and they can have it. So I'd love for them. I'd love to get um, get that out there and for people to start doing their work. And so I would love to give that gift for anyone that hears this. If they'd like the free advanced copy, um, it's coming out in a couple of weeks, I'll send it to them. They just kind of email oh, me and say, you. I want the book. I'd be happy to give it to them. Thank you. That's awesome. Okay. Um, so is there anything, any message that you want to leave us with that maybe I didn't touch on? But, you know, basically I touched up on a little bit, and, you did, and so I really appreciate you Let me bring that out, is, is I really um, – I probably just re-mentioned the break-free movement because the break-free movement, if anybody um, like yourself, your story is so great, you're doing it, um, that, are, that, that are, um, have recognized that they have come from, you know, um, um, their own um, challenges because we all have, but, and that they see where they've broken through it and they can, they're willing to be healers out there and uh, give back. To the community, um, I'd love to hear from them. Um, um, I'd love to get us um, the perspective that we can heal a community, especially today, with with um, this pandemic that we're dealing with. You know, um, I think as a, as a society, as a world, we feel more broken than ever. And at the same time, I, this is there's so much, so many miracles are happening through this pandemic um, amidst the tragedies. And if we can um, really hear the miraculous stories to create balance. To 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 uh, remember 
the wisdom that life has to offer us because we all do know we just forget we get we get we do get hypnotized and we get in this trance and people can remember that that their pain a lot of their pain is tied into a trance and that they can that they can find joy within their pain even if they don't believe they can they can and resurrect from from that from the torture of it to some extent and embrace the torture in different perspectives so that they can know that I'm strong enough to deal with this and that, and then share with their neighbor. I just wanted to share. And that's the reason, you know, the, the main reason I want, I want this book to get out there and um, so that we can start opening as a community and really see what we're capable of doing. And that's my biggest message. Mm, great message. Yeah. That's my, my favorite quote is never be a prisoner of your past. It was a life lesson, not a life sentence. I love that quote um, because it sort it of too. puts it, yeah, puts it all into perspective. You know, yeah, yeah we're gonna yeah. we're gonna remember what happened. I mean, it's part of our story, but we don't yeah. have to have the emotional impact associated with the pain. We can remember the story without the um, the impact of the pain. So we're out of time, but I, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for being my oh, guest. Oh, it's a joy. I really appreciate it. And thank you for all the work you're doing. I can see, I can see it. It's wonderful. Oh, um, I, just, I appreciate, appreciate that. I appreciate that so much. So, and I appreciate your work too. I, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, and I didn't, you know, when I um, read your bio and everything, I don't know that I understood that, um, you know, your what you're actually combining in your practice. And I'm just in awe of that. I think it's awesome. So. Um, so keep up the good work, and uh, it's okay. been great having you today. Yes, it's been a blast. Thanks a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, take care. Sure. Have a great day. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.